0: I'm not gonna tell you what you can't spend your money on because that's your choice, right? If you wanna go to Starbucks every day, I'm okay with that. But you can't go to Starbucks and get your lunch and buy a car every four years and have all the wardrobe. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. It was a $27,000 exercise.
1: Hey, it's
0: Mikey from the Goonies.
1: We over-celebrate the beginning and nobody is talking about the end a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have financial guru and author of the nationally syndicated column, The Color of Money, Michelle Singletary, as she shares the beauty of compound interest, the power of living below your means, and how to generally be awesome financially. Here's why I am such a big fan of Michelle. So we sometimes you do stuff that's for audiences and you're like, I hope they book the speaker. But with Michelle, we actually were like, you know what? We not only need to have our clients have her, we need to have her in. One time someone at our office actually said, Hey, compound interest, is that real? Or is that an internet thing? Which is, which is one of those things like I've been studying money forever. So I, uh, I kind of grew up on that, but But other people, it's amazing what people don't know and what they might be missing out on that could help them have a much better future. And and some people, it just comes naturally. Other people have to learn. And that's one of the things that Michelle is so good at helping people see this is the pathway to be successful. So I wanted that not just for people listening to this podcast, but even people that work at our company, family members, everything else. So this is a, a podcast I'm really excited for you to hear. So when I was talking to Michelle, I said, Michelle, what is the first simple step for someone who is in over their head when it comes to money?
0: You know, actually, I start with, believe it or not, um, the network statement. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's look at the broad picture because the network state shows what you owe and what you own, right? Because sometimes people are not as bad off as they think they are. And then I say, listen, let's just, let's just breathe, right? What do you want to do with your money? right? Because we've been told we got to make money. We got to retire. We got to get out of debt. But I like people to take a step back and think about you work hard for your money, right? What do you want to do with it? What are your values? When, when, when I would say, and I know this sounds a little cryptic, but when you take your last breath, what are you going to say that I, I helped Somebody go to college or I tithe to my church or I gave to charity or I help family members because that's going to be the legacy that you want. So let's just breathe and know that you're not alone. Right. I, I tell people that because like, they feel guilty and I'm stupid, but there are so many people in the same boat. And so I just like to, for them to do the big picture. Let's just look at everything and then just just take a breath and let's see what you want to do with your money.
1: Now this next question comes from somebody who in our office who wears skinny jeans with holes in them, and uh, you know so he came to me one day and he said, "Now compound interest is that an internet thing or is that a real thing?" Or what is that? So if somebody is, is is approaching this, what is that?
0: You know, I you know I, the way I like to explain it is it, it it's your money working for you. You put something in and then as you earn interest, you earn interest on the interest. It's just like, it's like having a great boyfriend or girlfriend, right? You know? <laughs> You're all in love with them at first and it's all story. I love compound interest. It's just the ability for your money to earn on itself. And over time, it earns more. So like, one year you save a dollar and then you get interest. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of interest in a savings account right now, but you put interest on it. Let's just say for the sake of this argument, it's 20, 20 cents. So it's a dollar twenty. Then next year you've got interest on that dollar twenty plus your dollar. And that's all it is. It's like a rolling snowball, right? And you want the snowball to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's all it is.
1: Where do you think corporations lose out by having their employees not be financially smart?
0: You know, uh, surveys show that one of the number one reasons employees are stressed at work, not productive late is around their finances. They have financial issues and they're stressed out and it uh, prevents them from being the best employee they can be. And lots of times, companies have wellness programs and they focus on health, which is absolutely something you should focus on. And they might focus on, you know, team building and how to sell more. But I'm telling you, if you focus on getting people financially savvy and safe, you have better employees. When they come to work, they won't be worried about that credit card bill that's waiting for them when they get home. They won't be worried about, oh, is my car going to be repossessed? From the company lot, you know, or how am I gonna send my kids to college, or am I gonna have enough to save for retirement? And they're not as stressed out about raises and things. Now, you of course want people to earn more, but they aren't sort of stressing, stretching the corporate budget, like I gotta make more money, I gotta make more money, I gotta make more money. Because they're not they're not doing well with the money they are making. And so it's a win-win for companies to provide a financial wellness program for their for their employees. And I'm not saying just bring someone in to talk about investing on in a retirement account. Bring someone in that could address the, the mental issues, the mental blocks. Why are you in debt? What's going on? Did you have a troubled childhood and so you shop all the time, right? Or maybe someone's in a caregiving situation. Um, and you got, I tell you, they so survey after survey that when companies address financial well-being, their bottom line increases and their employees' bottom line increases.
1: So say so you've got some 20-somethings in there, or maybe you've got some 50-somethings in there. Where do you tell someone to start when it comes to debt?
0: Tiny little bites, right? There's all kinds of theories about how to pay off debt, like the highest interest rate, but I, let's just go to behavioral economics, right? I work with a lot of people from all income levels, people making $20,000, people making $200,000. I like the debt method where you start with the smallest debt first. You list all your debts, smallest to the largest, and just attack the little ones at first. And here's what happens. Because the math, you know, people like to go, oh, you know, that's not right. You should do the highest interest rate. But when people pay off the little debt, guess what happens? They go, oh. I could do this. Like, oh my God, the list is getting shorter. And then they go, oh my gosh, I could do this. And then they accelerate their debt payment. So they don't actually end up paying more interest because they get rid of the debt quicker. They feel a sense of accomplishment. And I've tried this Oh, I mean, just constantly. And when people list all that and they knock things off, and they go, oh, it went from 10 items on their debt, you know, paper to five to two. Uh, and I find that that is the most successful way with the people that I deal with. Just smart with, start with the little ones. And then as you pay that off, just pay the minimum on everything else. Knock that off. All the money you were putting on that first debt, you put it on the second one and any other money that you can get. And next thing you know, you're debt free.
1: What advice would you give to somebody that's just starting off with investing? Where do you where do you begin?
0: You know what? Don't even worry about like you know Roth IRAs and you know just start saving. And I like just regular index funds, low cost index funds. And the more you. The Earlier you start, like, oh my gosh, it's so true when they say, you know, oh, you want to be younger again just so I can invest younger, you know, not so I can have better hips, you know. (laughs) I want the time. So if you start, the earlier you start, the less you have to save every month, the more you will have at the end. Now, that doesn't even sound right, right? You like the little and then you get big. But if you are in your 20s and 30s and you start investing then, even just $50 or $100 a month, you will be a millionaire. And But if you wait till you're 40 or 50, then you got to save $1,000, $2,000 a month. Who has that? So the earlier you start, and I know, you know, young people, they want to travel, they want to go out and drink with their friends and they want to, you know, that's cool. But carve out some money and the sooner you save, the more you have. And it'll be, it's just, it's just so, just do it. I mean, just cut what you need to cut to save, to invest the earlier you can do. And I tell you, if you talk to people who are near retirement, if they, if they could tell their young self one thing. Just one thing. That's what they would tell their young stuff. Start investing as soon as you can. Just a simple index, growth index fund, and you'll be good.
1: Now, last question here. I know a lot of times with investing and with what a lot of what you do, it's very personal. What do you kind of see as your mission or, or kind of what's the story that you want to have for the people that you talk to?
0: I, I'm so passionate about money because I know that it can bring financial freedom freedom to families, right? Um, I came from a low-income background and I, I represent so many demographics. demographics. I, I came from a low-income background and then my husband and I are higher income. Um, and I just, at any point, level where you are, you can have financial freedom. Just live below your means. Whatever you make, spend less. And what a freedom it has that when your mail comes, you're not tensing up or the phone rings or it comes time to send your kid to college, And you got money to put them away. Maybe they can't go to Harvard, but they can go to the state school. Or they're going to go to the community college and transfer to the state school, right? Or it comes time to buy a car and you can pay cash for it. Can you imagine that? Like, it's so cool to walk into a dealership. Yeah, give me that and I will pay cash, right? (laughs) They're like, they don't even have a form for cash, right? with you, right? <laughs> I mean, I just want people to be able to breathe. And I always say, you work so hard for your money and you put up with so much. Here at Premier, it's a great place. People are so cool, but not everybody works at a place like this. And you have to deal with crazy bosses and crazy co-workers and, you know, getting up and schlepping to work. Don't you want to have something tangible for that, right? You don't you don't wanna have the stuff that you're not even gonna remember, right? Meals that you're not even gonna remember. But you're gonna remember if you send your kids to school debt free. You're gonna remember if you can retire and you can like you know, John around the world, right? You know, you don't want to retire when you're in a walker, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, or you want to give to your church or charity or help somebody else out. I mean, what a day when when you have somebody in your family say they lost their job, do no fault of their own, and they're sitting there crying and they're not what to do, and you go, you know what? I got you. I could, I could pay your car note for a while. Don't worry about it, right? I could pay your utility bills while you get yourself on the feet. That, that's an amazing legacy for families. So I just want the people to have financial freedom and I want them to be content with what they have. We always ask, you know, I, I asked this question of the group, are you rich? And people weren't quite sure what I meant and it didn't feel like they could raise their hand, but we are so rich in this country. And if we embrace that, then we have the money to do the other things that we say we value. I'm all about values. I'm not gonna tell you what you can't spend your money on because that's your choice, right? If you wanna go to Starbucks every day, I'm okay with that. But you can't go to Starbucks and get your lunch and buy a car every four years and have all the wardrobe. So whatever's important to you, that's where you should put your money. And I'm here to show you how to do that.
1: Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in third person. Additional thanks to Special Consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of d and Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Young, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast?